Does that mean you're done? Yeah, sorry. I didn't know if you were, I didn't know if you were doing a video or what you were doing. All right. Okay, well, I'm excited about um, God that we're going to preach about and talk about today. I'm so happy to see you, Lisa. When I see you, it's like getting a vitamin B12 shot. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I went to the doctor last week, um, and my doctor was sick. It was hilarious. Not really. But so everybody had masks on. My doctor, I thought, was going to hack up a lung. I go, you could have called and canceled. I mean, I'm thinking, I'm not excited, that excited about this visit anyway, so it's okay. And she is now. I was thinking, I go, you need a doctor. <laughs> I thought that was funny. So I kept on asking. I think I, she, I love her, Dr. Stephanie Flowers in Grove City. I've been going to her ever since I think she started. And um, she knows all my stories. And my, I mean, I got, you know, my um, folder is kind of big. And um, she's just been a great friend and just a great doctor. I hope. Pray that, depending on God, you get great doctors in North Carolina. I'm sure they have a few. And um, but anyway, I kept on asking her stuff. I go, "Don't you have any cough syrup?" I mean, I was like, "This is like the doctor's office. Don't you got samples and stuff?" She, I go, "She really was sick." She goes, "Well, they sent me home. I think I saw her on Thursday or something like that." And she said, well, they sent me home like two days ago. And, and so, I'm, you know, I'm trying to just, I said, you got any cough syrup here? I mean, she goes, yeah, but if I did, then I would become tired. And I go, don't you got any other medicines? <laughs> I mean, and so then after I couldn't help her. So then I thought, well, I'll just keep on. So I go, hey, what do you think about diet pills? You got any here that you can give me? Like nothing was going to help me. I go, hey, do you have any vitamin B12 shots? I mean, everything I kept on, you know, if I, if I keep on asking for stuff, maybe she'll get it to me. <laughs> you know, like, do you have any this or how about that? I was coming up with everything that I've read or heard. Hey, what do you, I mean, I was thinking my doctor don't know anything anymore. <laughs> and then I go, don't you have one of those books that you can you know, excuse yourself and go look up things. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Because, you know, sometimes they excuse themselves. Don't you think they're doing something? Like, other than maybe going to the restroom or getting some more. Don't you think they're looking up some medicine or getting on the computer and saying, she's a nut. What the hell? <laughs> Don't you think they're doing something? I'm trying to figure it all out, but I couldn't help her at all. So, but I thought, I really might get sick from these people here, because you people are sick. <laughs> so, I don't know why I told you that, but I thought that was good. <laughs> so, but B, vitamin B12, God, brains are working again. <clears throat> but you are, my CEO, I know there's hope, because you're a walking testimony in the name of Jesus. And if you want a sermon, call her up. She can pray and preach. You are you're fabulous. Um, I'll tell you, 
Is it okay if I just preach to myself today? Would that be okay? And you guys just like listen to me talk to myself because the subject is unshakable hope, the promises of God. Because I'm kind of needing some hope and some, some faith and whatever. So I thought, I'm going to preach this to me and then you guys can listen and then it'll help you too. But you know, if you really boil a lot of things down to the Bible, there's a lot of different characteristics of what it's all made of. But I would be willing to say that a huge chunk of the Bible is about faith and hope, overcoming, making, going through obstacles, making it through the storms of life. Other than the rules and who God is, love, the rules of, of what we need to do to, to know him, to trust him, stay on course, go to heaven, fruits of the spirit, which my friend down here has to know so much that she hasn't written down on her leg. That's a good thing. And she knows him well. Wouldn't you say that a lot of the Bible is about encouragement? Watching people, reading about people who are going through things. And it's, you know, it's amazing how we, as people, read about things, about people's trials and tribulations and overcoming things. And Sometimes it moves us to think, oh, that must have been hard. And wow, wasn't God great to help them? Or thank God it wasn't me. But there isn't one of us who hasn't been through and who isn't going to be going through some trials and tribulations. It saddens me beyond sadness to see where this world is going. I want to give you, I'm going to give you tons of hope, but on just a couple, a minute of negativity. Recently, New York, the state of New York has, um, in their courts, have passed a bill about almost full-term Texas right now has on their dockets to pass a bill that you can be fined, put in jail, or other consequences for carrying your Bible. I could give you, after church, 25 things Boom, 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 that are going on right this season. Prophecy is prophecy, and what is going to happen is going to happen. And if you think that it's not going to happen to any of us, your head is in the sand. 
what I am saying is this. We need to have hope and faith and know the word of God more than we've ever needed to know it in our entire lives. Things are going to happen, and they're going to happen fast. Don't believe me if you don't want to. Wait till it happens, and then you'll look up and know. But things are going to happen, and once date happens, it says in the days of Noah, and God is looking for a remnant people who will boldly stand, who will, you know, I think, what could I do? What could one person do? One person took prayer last week. So one person. And if the group of people, the problem is that we have got to get together. I don't care if you don't have any time in the day, you better talk to Jesus about it. Because we're going to need to take time out to have prayer meetings, to pray, to pray for each other, help each other and to find together as a remnant to help each other get through. Amen. Last week I started chemo. It was very tough. Um, God helped me get through my first series of it. I have another series coming up in a couple weeks. And I will continue on I need unshakable hope and trust. I need to have God so close to me, I so close to God, it's not fair. I need to make every opportunity to put off everything that doesn't matter and put Jesus first. Before I watch television, before I do this, before I do that, because we're in a situation where we need God. Let's not wait till the midnight hour comes and then we pray. Let's be prayed up. Because the prayers of our ancestors has followed me. And the prayers of us will get each other through. And if God delays his coming, our prayers can help. So you and I need to have a shameful hope. I have so many books right now on hope and trust and faith. I was going to bring some, and I thought, I'll just tell you. But I got this book, you see. The other ones give me examples, and they help me, and I love to read. But in here, this is why it give me unshakable because I don't know if you're like me but I can weave a wall I can be up and I can be down and I'm not going to say that we're all going to get to the place that nothing but nothing bothers us I want that or we are not shaken 
and I can believe, I believe as I look at this. I've called her and she knows all my week. And there's been times that I've been like, but, what's this? And she's like, nope. And she's listened to me and been patient and didn't make fun of how I felt. And she always came back like a machine gun with verses of scripture. All right, so we're going to talk of, uh, here about um, Romans uh, 4, 20-21. We're going to talk about Abraham here. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. Feeling like you can get overcome you're going through, we don't know all these life or predicaments. I can't say that Prophet has been like, oh, swell. I love pain and misery. She probably does. You know why? Because I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just telling you why. I know her. She's something. I want some of it. Because then she knows she has a testimony for the Lord. She almost... I mean, she bashed her face like a year ago. I guess it was horrible, or her teeth was probably knocked out, and she was still praising the Lord. I'm like, that isn't even right. <laughs> she was like, I'll be able to give a witness, and I'm thinking, okay. <laughs> but being fully persuaded that God has power to do what he has promised. Now, I got to tell you, I know, but I know, but I know, but I know, but I know. I've seen enough miracles, and I've seen enough God intervene at the midnight hour. And trust me, on a few occasions, it was 11.59 and a half. And I thought, the Titanic is sick. And how I felt. But through God came. So I have. The contrast, I want to tell you a story. The contrast between the rabbi and the king was stark. The Jew was old and bent. He had no bodily advantage. Two years in prison had left him gaunt. His cheeks hollowed and smudged. His purse had but a few coins and his entourage, but a couple of friends. Baldness laurelled his head. His beard was full yet gray. He wore the simple cloak of a teacher, a traveling teacher. Compared to the king, he was simple and impoverished. King Agrippa, who I'm speaking about, entered the court that day with great pomp. Agrippa was the appointed ruler, the curator of their religion, and the overseer of the religion. Paul, by contrast, 
was a simple missionary, he had every reason to fear the judgment of this man. See, the king was the latest in the Herod dynasty. The last of the Herods who would meddle with Christ or his followers. His great-grandfather attempted to kill baby Jesus by slaughtering the children of Bethlehem. His great-uncle murdered John the Baptist and his father, Agrippa the One, first executed James and imprisoned Peter. Sounds like the mafia. You might say they had it all out for the people in Jesus. And now Paul stood before him. He was in prison and he was in trouble for preaching How would the apostle defend himself? Appeal for mercy, call for a miracle. Yeah, where's that at? In what was arguably the most important speech of his life, how would Paul present his case? Help. I need an attorney. Hey, I'm calling that guy. You don't get paid till I get paid. <laughs> Whatever that is, is it vice versa? What I just said. I don't get paid until you get paid. Trust me. I told a friend of mine recently I was calling that attorney on her. Isn't that fun? Because she made me fall off my stool and bust my hiney because she was gossiping and I was trying to hear it. <laughs> ah, that's my thing. And so how would he present his case? After a word of introduction, he said, and now it is because of my hope and what God has promised our ancestors today, I am on trial. Wow. Paul's defense included no reference to his accomplishments. He could have said, you know, I've been known to call these couple people back from the dead. I've been like, and maybe they died first, you know. He demanded no preferential treatment. He could have said, I'm a Roman citizen, you know. He didn't attempt to justify his actions. His only justification was this. I believe in the promises of God. Can I get a praise of Now what would you do? I would be like coming up with the best speech I could give. Now, it was because I'm a bad traveler. I didn't get enough fudge bars. My dad said no to the low dice. <laughs> No, he imagined his. But so did Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Also Noah, Mary, a prophet named Isaac, and a preacher named Peter. One common denominator united them. They all built their lives on one thing. Promises. 
you might, I might not have a lot of money in there. I have no idea about many things. To be very honest with you, there's times that fear almost makes me sick inside. I can tell you everything I'm frightened of, concerned about, I worry about, I question, and over and over and over again. But this I do. My God said, you know, you may have forsaken me. And I know that he already has. Because of God's promises, Joshua led two million people into enemy territory. David killed the giant. Peter rose from the ashes of regret. And Paul, who used to be Saul, found a grace worth dying for. You're talking about courage. You're talking about the, the Savior of a second chance. If we could praise God for anything. Every Sunday, we all should say, I just want to thank God for every chance he gave me this week. Because each one of you failed him over and over again in hurting myself. And he said, come, all of you, my children, and ask for forgiveness. And how he wipes all our tears. I can't wait to see all my tears bottled up in heaven. You think it's the water system? You, are on, you and I are on a journey, a journey of total trust. Believing that God's word is true. One of the things that my dad liked to tell me over and over again because he realized I wasn't getting it. Pandy. And I said, but I'm trying. And he would say, just do it. There are 7,487 promises of God. I counted them last night. No, I God's promises, I like this one, are pine trees in the Rocky Mountains of Scripture. Abundant unbending and perennial. Some of the promises are positive. The assurance of blessing, some are negative, the guarantee of consequences. Now he had to get it, he goes to it, because you know we would be trying, right? But all are binding, for not only is God a promise maker, but he is a promise keeper. Now, who's going to remember that this week when you're going through a trial? Yeah. Tiffany, I love it. <laughs> God did not emphasize the Israelites' strength. He emphasized his. Yeah. Now, shout me down at any time. He did not underscore their ability. He highlighted his. Now, they went through all that grumbling and complaining. Don't ever make fun of them. I quit. I made fun of them constantly. I go, I can't believe they acted like that. I mean, I have dogged them for years. I realized that I could have been one of them. 
sick of the manna. And you know, I saw a stuffed whale recently, I think at the Maya Historical Center. I'm not even no little dirty, dirty whale meat. We'll like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but to them, it might have been manna that God provided. Of course, don't you love it? They got greedy and they were trying to take double portions of the manna. One thing God was like, go ahead and take it. Because when you open up that batch, your second batch, it won't be a little wormy. He equipped them for the journey by headlining his capacity to make and to keep his promises. From the first chapter of Scripture, the Bible makes a case for the dependability of God. Nine times the text reiterates, God said, God said, God said, God said. And without exception, when God spoke, something happened. Something wonderful happened. By the divine word, there was light, land, beaches, and creatures. God consulted Noah. He didn't have any advisors. He didn't need any assistance. He spoke and it just happened. So we are left with one conclusion. God's word is sure. What he says happens. God cannot break his promises. You ought to all start just running around this church right this minute. Because let me tell you, each one of you has not kept your promise to each other, to your loved ones, to your preacher, and to to God. We say we're going to, and we don't. We say we're going to call, we don't. We say we care, we don't show. We say a lot of things. Aren't we glad that God says it? He doesn't break it. They are not written in sand, but they're carved in brick. They are irrevocable because of who God is. He's unchanging, He sees the end from the beginning, He's never caught off guard by the enemies. I don't think God's up there in heaven wringing his hands like, what am I going to do next? Maybe he's wondering what we're going to do next. Of course, he already knows. He probably he's like, I can't even look this time. <laughs> One week. Hebrews says he is faithful. God can be trusted to keep his promise. He is strong. He does not overpromise. Um, he does not underdeliver. God is able to do whatever He promises in Romans. He cannot lie. It is impossible for God to lie. Hebrews six eighteen. Aren't you glad about that? He didn't do it. Now I think you're going to be fine. God isn't in heaven wringing His hands. Thank God. He isn't moody. Amen on that? Does any of you ever get moody? 
I know you do because I was moved yesterday. I shame. <laughs> Two people called me as I was at the church for four hours working out the door. One is more available. Out there putting salt down, setting the tables out, cleaning the church, and me. Where are my friends? And I took it all out. And she, and she just called to tell me she couldn't wait to see me. <laughs> but she mumbled He is the word, he wrote the word, and he will have the last word. Why this world wants to keep on telling God what his word says is beyond me. But the world doesn't quit telling me what they think their interpretation And that is why we're in the trouble that we are in. Because from the very beginning, we wanted to do it without our maker. We wanted to ask, we didn't want God to tell us what to do. We wanted to do our own thing. And it was evil easy for evil to become a part of our lives. It's amazing how everybody thinks they're going to heaven and how God should help them at the midnight hour when they've not spent any time with God or maybe their personal sin. Could you use some unshakable faith? Anybody? Tiffany needs it bad because she shakes her head every time I run into people. <laughs> people promise she does because how are you going to pay back your student loan? Oh, that's fake. That's fake. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not, you know what? Let's just put that over there right now. Yeah. People promise have an advantage. They determined to ponder, proclaim, and pray the promises. When problems surface, they can be heard telling themselves, but God said. When struggles uh, threaten, they can be seen flipping through scripture. When comforting others, they ask, do you know God has a promise for your struggle? I'm going to stop here for just a second. I got to stand up to just to tell you this. I want you to hear me loud and clear. To listen to me. One thing that the devil gets each one of us is busyness. I'm going to repeat it till the last Sunday I'm here. I want you to listen. I want you to look at your own individual lives and I want you to You have a routine that you do every single day. You have things that you choose to do and things you have to do. You have to go to work. If you notice that our jobs, your jobs, require more of you. Faster, 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 more, 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 less of you, less of you. And you have a headache and, and you have, you've got to make more money and you've got to work longer hours, and you're exhausted, and you're frustrated, 
and you have Koofy, um, co-workers. I forget one of Sean's favorite words, but I love it. Dummies or something. I know, I know. I know, and I love every one of them. We have irritations. We have things that happen to us, maybe more so in this season than past seasons. People need us. Each one of us probably feels like if one more person asks us to do one more thing, as Terry, you'll go crazy. There's one of you, and we can't do much more than that. So we're kind of on the edge a lot of the time. So by the time we get home from work, and somebody's cut us off, and this and that, and we're already irritated, and we need another antacid, and our heads hurting, you know, get in the door, and 10 things have already happened. Everything's irritating, you gotta fix food, and this, you gotta take this person there, and that person make 20,000 cupcakes by midnight, and it goes on, and on, and on, and on. Do you see a pattern? The world is changing, not for the good, because even though there's great miracles still happening, and we have a God who has not left us. But on the negative, do you think Satan wants you to grow in your faith? Do you think Satan wants you to come to the church? Do you think Satan wants you to read your Bible until you know two verses by heart? Do you think he wants you to come have time for Wednesday night prayer meeting? Come out on Sunday night? Do you think that he that he wants you to get so brave that you can witness anywhere you go? Do you think that he wants you to get to the place that you can lay hands on the sick and believe that they can be made well? No. Because he knows the power of God that is within you. And if you start working on that, manifesting that, and you're able to conquer and conquer and conquer, and maybe you just slide into home base with your little baby. Trust me, I know. He knows that you'll be an overcomer. And the reason he doesn't is because he doesn't want you to brag about how you make because you are a threat to him. He hates Jesus, what he did on the cross for you, and if he can take you out, you're one more on his house. And his desire in these last days is to get us to the place that we are so defeated, so tired, so busy that everything possible has precedence over us other than God. Do you hear me? Everything is more important than Jesus. Everything. I don't care what you have to give up. Because in these last days, you're going to need to be prayed up. And when things start hitting state after state after state, 
and when this church is no longer, and when you're not able to carry your Bible and maybe just have three pages of your Bible that you somehow give to some other person underground, you're going to wish she Wake up. Stand up. Because we're waiting. But we've got to be warriors. We've got to be fighters. And don't think I don't want to give up every day. Don't think that I haven't said a thousand trillion times, Lord, can you just take me home? Let me be out of this misery. I've got poison going into my body. To not heal me, but to maintain me so I don't become a cripple next week. And I'm holding you, going, moving to a place I don't even know where I'm going. But I gotta hold on to the promises of God because I'm too close to His coming and going home to quit now. Don't tell me about your favorite television show. Tell me about God. Don't tell me about the sale at Macy's. Tell me about God. And we as the church are being destroyed because we're letting it happen. And do any of you know that February the 23rd through the 26th is going to be one of the greatest victories for the devil? And why is that? Because none of us were up at this altar praying that this vote won't go through, that the Methodist Church will go to hell in a handbag. What did we do to stop? We went to work every day and worked as hard as we could so we could have more things and be tired and this and that and that and this and this and that. None of us cared enough about Jesus Christ and his church to do a thing about it. And I'm not going to brag, but I'm going to brag. I did. I took in so many bubbling, you wouldn't believe. And at one meeting, I was the only one that stood up for my Jesus. The only one out of a whole room of ministers. Because why? Because I'm not afraid of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when we're too afraid to witness in front of each other in this small group, or to get up and say a testimony, you need to go home and put your nose in the Bible. Because do not be afraid of who Jesus is. Because there might be a day that you're silenced and you have wished that you had the guts to stand up for him because it will be too late. I warned you, and I warned you, and I warned you, and I warned you, and I warned you, to the place and I don't know if it's worth warning you about. You cannot be afraid. So what I just told you, I say to you this I myself have got to fight for you. I want to go home because I'm that sick. And I said even to this morning, I wish I didn't have to go. I wish I could stay. The Holy Spirit helped me get dressed and he helped me to come here so I could tell you about Jesus and be excited to be with you all. 
we got to put our priorities first. And it'll be a fight, because it's a fight for me. But if I put him first, I asked God this week, I said, Lord, help me. Help me to know what to do. Help me. You know what verse he gave me? <coughs> if you keep your mind in perfect peace, if you keep your mind on me, if you keep me above all everything else, if you keep me first, you're going to have perfect peace whose mind is So when I'm scared, I go, Lord, help me. Lord, I don't know where we're going to go. I'll show you. Lord, I don't know how I'm going to have money for this. I'll bring it. And that means doesn't mean I can't have fun and watch whatever show I watch, which is not very many. But when I go, Lord, will somebody come and help me? He'll say, I'll bring them. Whatever trouble you have, you've got to put Jesus first. And everything else will come to You worry about your finances? Go to Jesus. You worried about this? Go to Jesus. But do you see what I'm saying? God has you so busy. <coughs> I've been there. I know what sin is. I want it. But when you spend your time in all this stuff, my mind is not on Jesus. So how do I expect the world? You know, the whole problem with the Republicans and the Democrats is that they need to get on their knees and ask Jesus what to do. Amen? Amen? I don't care what party you are, they both stink. If Jesus was the center of, the, of America, and not abortions, not everything else that's going on, we wouldn't be in this shape. But we decided who we serve, and it isn't God, is it? And the church is falling apart. And we really asked for it because we decided we didn't have time to pray. We didn't have time for anything else. All we had time was for ourselves. God, help us to be faithful. I was hard on you, and I don't apologize because in so many months you won't know me. About me. I won't forget about you. But if I don't tell you the truth, your flag will be on my hands. And as Lisa and Tiffany know, I stand differently before God than you. He will judge me differently, differently. And I'm not going to get offended. I'm going to do this. I want to just say, well done, faithful servant. You did what I asked you to do. You told the people. And I'm telling you, if we're going to make it, we can, first of all, we need each other. We can't do this by ourselves. Now, there are times that I had this saying, quit going to the throne, phone and go to the throne. 
the times I need somebody to call and say, I don't feel good. I'm not, I'm not happy right now. I'm feeling discouraged. That's why to go to the doctor. So we need each other to call and encourage us. Even if you don't know every answer, I don't know every answer, but I could at least say, I know Jesus cares about it. Jesus knows. And what can I do for you? How can I pray for you? What is it I can do? Or you might have some great philosophy. Don't tell me your, you know, your great aunt had it, made it, made it. Don't you love that? Let's encourage each other. Let's care about Nina. Let's care about Tyrina. Let's care about each other. Let's, let, let's find out, you know, maybe somebody can carry Terry's tools around. Let's care, care about what each other's going through. Let's see how each other's doing because we're the one. And if we don't care about each other, who will we care about in times of crisis? And if you can see, Satan has us so locked in that I can't get out of my box to come help you because my life is so whatever that I can't help you. But if I put God first and he'll make all my mess work out, when I say, God, you help my family. You help me to have time to call Jane and see if she needs anything. You help me. Give me the faith and the trust and the hope I need when I don't feel it or see it. And spend time in the Word because you can't know the Word if you don't read it. And praise God, none of you are doctors. Because if you had to read the manual, how would you operate? How would you? And I can't have hope until I read about how God sustained my fellow people of God. How they made it. How they go through. How did a little boy named David go, I got it, I do it. He made fun of my God. Uh uh. Because he had been spending time with his God when he was out doing shit. So when you're on your job and somebody's getting on your nerves, just praying them down. Pray, 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 pray. That's what I got to do more of. When I get so busy and I'm painting and I'm doing this and I'm on my hands and knees and I'm doing this and that, I'm praying all the time. When I was taking my chemo chip, they can tell you I was in the wall in a chair. But you know, the whole time I was in that wall, I was praying that God would help me. God, okay. It was a good message. I needed it. Did anyone need besides me? Yeah, good job. Tiffany can tell you all about my person. I am so ill that I'm really ready to go home. But I can't. I can't leave Tiffany. 
And so I need all of you to care about me. And as I care about you, and you're going to pray, then I get better faith, and I get better hope, and I get so secure that nothing but nothing, I'm out there in the storm, and I see Jesus come by, and he says, get out of the boat, and I'm not even going to look down, I'm looking straight. Praise God. You with me? Amen. Don't be telling me nothing about Jesus. Praise God. And quit working so hard, all of you. Quit trying to do all this stuff in one day. Last. Rest in Jesus. He'll make a way. You can't take it with you. Trust me. Nobody ever had money that they took with them except some Cambodians. They used to put money and food in their caskets. No, we didn't take it back. Or did you? Put a Bible in mine. Amen. Amen. Amen.